Welcome to Body Peace Collective. If you are feeling tired and worn down from the constant pressure to shrink, grow, tone, manipulate, or alter your body in any way, then I am so glad you are here. I'm Erin Palmer. I'm an exercise scientist, fitness instructor, mother, and a total sucker for good food. And I created Body Peace Collective to be a place for you to come and gain perspective and learn powerful tools to help you establish a healthy, respectful relationship with your body so that you can put your valuable energy into things that truly matter. You don't have to waste a single minute more trying to make your body be what you think everyone else wants it to be. You can get started on your journey to body peace right now. Hi, you guys. Okay, I'm really excited about today's episode. This is podcast episode number 17, and it's how do I know if I'm emotionally eating or intuitively eating? And this is a question that I get all the time, actually. And I think it's so common because I think when we begin to intuitively eat, right, when we engage in that adventure, it's sometimes so far from what we're used to doing that we feel really inadequate, right? That we have a hard time understanding how to trust ourselves. You know, like I'm getting lots of signals from my body. How do I know which ones are real? You know, which ones are my body talking versus my brain and my emotions? So it's a very valid concern and a very common question. And so I think it usually shows up when people are craving things like chocolate, right? Or ice cream. And they're saying, okay, this sounds really good to me. But is it really what my body needs or am I just using it to feel better about what's going on in my life or to kind of numb out on my emotions? And so I think before we dive into the difference, I think it's important to ask ourselves, what is wrong with emotional eating? There's a negative connotation with that typically, and I think it's important to explore why. What does it What do you make it mean about you? I think that it's important to explore those questions within ourselves a little bit to kind of gauge where that question is coming from and what our thoughts are about it and to kind of just help us process through that. But before we dive all the way in, I think it's really important to get clear about the definitions of intuitive eating and emotional eating. So for those of you that are new here, intuitive eating was in not invented but it was created i guess it was created or it was labeled about 20 years ago by two dietitians um Evelyn Triboli and and Elise Resch and it's an eating framework that focuses on self-care and it focuses on using our instincts and our emotions and our rational brains to increase our sense of trust and connection with ourselves. Intuitive eating helps you learn how to recognize and understand the signals that your body is sending you in order to make the best possible choices for your health and your wellness. Helps you take care of yourself in a very personally personally tailored and personalized way. It really is the most perfect individual plan for you because no body is the same as you learn to rely on your body to tell you what she needs. And as you learn to understand what those signals are saying to you, it really does help you become your most healthy version of yourself. It uses experience and your body as teachers to help you make the best choice for you at any given time. 
Now, emotional eating, the definition of emotional eating is a lot harder to nail down because it can be different for everyone. But in general, emotional eating is when we turn to food as a means of coping with our difficult emotions. Sometimes people describe emotional eating as feeling completely out of control or feeling intense cravings for more food, even though they've already eaten and feel like they should be satisfied or that they've had enough. I think it's really important to say very clearly that emotional eating is not bad. The the alternative would be emotionless eating, which would be so lame, right? I want you to think back on an experience, an eating experience where it was just awesome. Maybe you were in a nice restaurant. Maybe you were at your grandma's house. Maybe you were traveling. But I remember when I had an experience, me and a bunch of friends went on a bike ride and it was a really long ride. And just totally randomly, we were loading the bikes in the back of the truck and we were all talking about how hungry we were. And we were like, let's just go to this restaurant. It was um, a really good restaurant. It was a nicer restaurant than we should have been in in all of our bike gear, but we didn't care. (laughs) We were hungry and it sounded so good. And so we went and it was a sit-down restaurant and we had to wait for a little while. It was pretty busy and I was getting so hungry. And I remember when the food first came out and taking that first bite and just being like, oh my gosh, this is so good. And just feeling joy like flood through my body. I felt so, so happy. So the idea of food being emotionless is not appealing to me at all. So it's important to, to, like I said, to recognize emotional eating, using food in a way to allow emotions or even create emotions in your body is not wrong. It's not bad. It doesn't mean that you're out of control or that you're lazy. And I think that emotional eating has got a really bad rap due to diet culture, who believes that food is only fuel, right? And that we should only eat it if we need it. But I believe that this idea is incorrect and that it fuels a lot of the anxiety and guilt that we have around food. But don't misunderstand me and don't swing the pendulum to the complete opposite side and think, okay, Erin, so you think that I should only eat brownies all day because that's what makes me happy? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. I think that you should use all parts of your brain, the emotional, instinctual, and the rational part. And your instinctive part might feel the stress that's in your life, and it might think, survival, I must eat food to stay alive. That's about all it can think. And and because that is all that your instinctive brain is concerned about, The emotional part might say, oh, you just failed your test or your kids are out of control or your boyfriend just broke up with you and you'll never feel whole again. So you should eat an entire pan of brownies because that's the one thing that you can count on to show up for you right now, right? But then the rational part of your brain steps in and says, okay, I know an entire pan of brownies will leave me feeling uncomfortable and sick and feeling worse off than I felt when I started. So I'm going to sit down and I'm going to really enjoy this brownie. I'm not going to eat on autopilot or space out. And I'm going to give myself a minute to think about what I'm really needing right now and what I need to do to actually meet that need. That's what I mean by emotions are what spurred this eating experience. And that's okay. It's not wrong to eat because we feel emotions. 
But we do need to use all three parts of our brain when we are eating. Back to this idea that food is just fuel. We've ta- I've talked about this in past podcasts. But I think that we need to remember that food and the memories associated with it are an important and really beautiful part of our development. And it can actually be a source of processing emotions and feeling emotions. Do you have a food that you eat that reminds you of someone special in your life? Or maybe a food that reminds you of a special moment in your life? And when you eat it, it takes you right back to that moment in your grandma's kitchen where you felt safe and loved and happy and you can smell her perfume or you can smell whatever her home smelled like, right? Food has the ability to transport us and and to be this ultra sensory experience. And that's why there are shows upon shows upon shows about food and what food means to people and to cultures. Food is an emotional thing, and that's beautiful. I also, I don't know if you're a scripture person or not, but did you know that in the Bible, in Psalms, it says, you, meaning God, cause the grass to grow for the livestock and plants for man to cultivate, that he may bring forth food from the earth and wine to gladden the heart of man, oil to make his face shine, and bread to strengthen man's heart. So, Food is also here, according to God, to gladden our hearts, right? To bring us joy. If if food were truly only here to keep us alive, then we would all be able to just simplify our lives and drink a magic formula forever that ensured that we were getting enough calories. But that doesn't seem appealing to anyone. In fact, I was one of the lucky ones who got coronavirus last fall. And on day three of not being able to smell or taste anything, I literally cried (laughs) because I just wanted to be able to taste food, right? I was eating. I was eating for those three days. I was making sure that my body was getting enough calories to, to heal and to have energy to do what I needed to do. But it was emotional to me that I wasn't able to taste food. A huge central part of intuitive eating is learning about what food satisfies you. In fact, there's an entire chapter in intuitive eating that is dedicated to finding satisfaction. And did you know that studies show us that the more satisfied you feel, the more likely you are to eat just what your body needs? Isn't that interesting? That when we're eating food that tastes and feels good to us, we're more likely to be satisfied. And when we're satisfied, we're more likely to listen to our body's cues and only eat what we need. So aiming to feel satisfied is a goal of intuitive eating. And so we really need to get rid of the stigma of emotional eating. It's, it's harmful. It's not helpful. Sometimes what we think is emotional eating is actually a healthy biological response to our restriction. So for example, if you wake up and you run out the door with your protein bar and then you're just going and going and going all day long and you don't stop to eat or to fuel your body until you get home, you might feel out of control, 
right? You might sit down and you eat your dinner, you scarf your dinner down, and then your body is telling you you need a bowl of ice cream and you eat a bowl of ice cream and then you realize, I need another one. And so you do, you eat another one and then you're feeling guilty because you want more. So you're like, okay, instead of eating ice cream, I'm going to eat this black bean brownie that I made because it's quote unquote healthier. It's a healthier choice. And then you eat the black bean brownie, but you're not actually feeling satisfied and you still just want the ice cream, right? Does that sound familiar? Your body is telling you to eat the whole container of ice cream, but it's not because you're emotionally eating. It's, it's because you did not fuel your body enough during the day. So even though you feel out of control and you feel a lot of emotions, right? You're, you're feeling guilty. You're kind of feeling shame that you're wanting all of this food and you are, you're feeling guilty because you feel a little bit out of control, like your body's kind of operating without you. And it's true. Your body is essentially trying to keep you alive. You, you've starved it. You've, you've pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and you haven't given your body what it needed. And so she did. She said, I've got to go into hyperdrive right now to make sure that I get enough food so that if we do this tomorrow, I'm not going to poop out. So when we cut out carbs or sugar or we don't eat enough food and then we go crazy at night, we need to recognize that that's not emotionally eating, right? We're, we're compensating for restriction. And so the cure for that is food consistency, right? Food security, giving yourself enough food throughout the day so that at night you're not feeling that need to eat everything in sight. So emotional eating, like I said before, it's not bad, but it can become a problem. And when it does become a problem is when emotionally eating is our only way of coping with emotions, right? It also becomes a problem when we're disconnecting from our body. When we're eating and we finish whatever it is that we're eating and we think to ourselves, what did I just eat? Or kind of like on that, that movie, this dates me totally, but like the movie Never Been Kissed with Drew Barrymore, how she ends up going to this party. And I think there was like marijuana and brownies or something like that. She's, she's a reporter and she's dressed up. She's incognito and trying to be a high school senior. Anyway, so she goes to this high school party and someone puts marijuana or something in her brownies. I'm really slaughtering this story. I don't remember movies very well. <laughs> All I know is she's sitting there and she's, it's the next morning and she's telling her friend about what an, she's telling her about this party and she's eating this pie at, as, as she's telling her friend. And then all of a sudden she looks down and she says, oh my gosh, who ate my pie? And she had eaten the whole thing, right? Because she was operating completely on autopilot. She was disconnected from her body. And I'm sure as soon as she took a minute to slow down and come back to herself, she probably felt really uncomfortable. So when we're, when we're eating and we finish and we think, what? what did I just eat? Right. And then we have to lay down because we feel sick to our stomach. That's when we're disconnecting. And that's when emotional eating can become a problem. Right. Also, when we eat to numb out instead of feeling our emotions and dealing with them in a healthy way, that's when emotional eating can become a problem. The truth is, is that those emotions are not going to go away if we don't give our body the opportunity to process them and to feel them. 
Emotions, I've heard it explained, emotions are just vibrations within our body. They literally are just energy waves moving through our body. And the problem is, is when we try to stop those energy waves, right? When we try to cap those and we try to cover them up either by food or by social media, or we, we try to numb out and ignore those feelings. And after a while, those waves are still in our body and they're not going anywhere until we process them. And as soon as we come back to ourselves, we're going to feel them again. But it's not a problem to feel sad, and it's not a problem to know that a bowl of ice cream won't fix it and still eat the ice cream anyway. That's not a problem, but it all depends on where our mind is, right? Is is eating that bowl of ice cream the only way that we're using to cope with our emotions, or are we disconnected from our body when we are eating it? Or are we using it to numb out? It's okay if we're using it to numb out for a second, as long as we're fully aware and consciously making that choice, right? That we'll come back to these emotions and we'll deal with them in a healthy way. So what can we do? What can we do when we feel those cravings and we want to make sure that we aren't eating to numb out or to escape, right? We want to make sure that we're intuitively eating, that we're recognizing that part of our body that's trying to communicate with us. So there are three things that we can do. Number one, honor yourself, okay? Give yourself the real thing. And what I mean by that is don't eat black bean brownies as a treat unless that truly is the best kind of brownie you've ever had. Don't eat Halo Top ice cream unless that's the only kind of ice cream you would choose if calories and weight and sugars and all of that didn't matter. Okay, give yourself the real treat. You are worth good food. So don't try to fake yourself out. Okay, honor yourself and give yourself the real thing. Then, number two, check in with yourself. Right, when you're sitting down to eat this good treat, ask yourself first, did I give my body enough food today? You know, what other forms of self-care did I maybe miss? What sounds good to me right now? And what does my body actually need right now? If you take a minute to do this, you might actually not need the treat. You might just want it. And that's totally fine. Give yourself permission to enjoy it, as much of it as you want. But then make sure, right, that if you come that if you recognize that you need something else, like maybe movement or sleep or connection, give yourself that thing, right? Move on from the treat and go give yourself what you really need. So number three is be mindful. So pay attention to how you're feeling as you're eating. Is it satisfying? Does it taste good? Does it feel good in my body? Does the first bite taste as good as the 12th bite? What other emotions are present in my body right now? And when you're done, take a minute to stop and breathe and feel your body. It's actually okay to eat past the point of being full or satisfied, but do it with awareness. Do it by choice, not on autopilot. Okay, don't go into autopilot and then wonder what just happened, right? If you're going to eat more than you, if you're going to eat more than you know will be comfortable in your body, recognize that, right? Own it, own it and be fully aware of it. 
One of the things I heard that has really influenced me actually in a lot of ways is that you will never get enough of the things that you don't actually need. And um, for example, when I think we can apply this to things like, for example, social media, when we find ourselves consistently going to social media, um, if social media was really what we needed, right, we'd be able to go and we'd be able to look for half an hour and then feel satisfied, right? We wouldn't have to keep looking. Or if we needed um, connection, right, we'd be able to go and to be with some friends and then to come home and feel rejuvenated and ready to take on the rest of life, right? But the things that truly satisfy us, they do exactly that. They truly satisfy us. We don't need them all the time. And, And when we do get them, they work, right? They're satisfying. If your body needs rest, then no matter how much you give your body treats, it will still be wanting more treats because it never needed treats. It needs rest. So if a treat was what you were really needed, then once you gave yourself a treat, you would feel satisfied. Sometimes when you feel like you can't stop eating, it's because you don't actually need food. You need something else. You need journaling or yoga, or sleep, or movement, or connection with people that feel safe. So those are the three things that we can do when we have those cravings, and we want to make sure that we're not eating um, to numb out or to escape. Remember, number one, honor yourself and give yourself the real thing. Okay, two, check in with yourself. Make sure that you are being aware of what your needs are, what you're feeling, and what you actually need in the moment. And then three, be mindful as you're eating, right? Be intentional. I dive much deeper into emotional eating and um, give you a lot more tools to help you with that in my Body Peace Collective group coaching program. But I hope that these few tips have been helpful for you as you try to navigate this tricky part of intuitive eating. Like I said last week, I am opening up some spots in my Body Peace Collective small group program, and it's a supportive community of women who are ready to make peace with food and with their body and find their confidence again. So if you're feeling ready to take the leap, but you're looking for other women to help you and experience this adventure with you, then you can find the application in my bio on Instagram at Body Peace Collective. So thank you so much for listening today. I hope I was able to answer your questions about emotional eating and intuitive eating and kind of where they intersect and how they relate to each other. But I'm so, so excited about our next episode, you guys. Ever since I started podcasting, I've been trying to think of a way to create a community of women who could support each other. Like I've said a hundred times, that was the game changer for me, finding as far as learning how to intuitively eat and make peace with my body, finding my little community of women. And I recognize that not everyone has that. And so, like I said, when I started podcasting, I really, really wanted to create that here. And so next week, I'm going to be interviewing someone who has been practicing intuitive eating for several years. And so I'm hoping that her story will be something that you can connect with and that as you hear about how intuitive eating has affected her life and how she takes care of her body, that you'll be able to find parallels in your own life, that you'll start to kind of feel a little bit more connected to this community. And my hope is to have people on at least once a month, just kind of sharing their story and 
what's been hard and what's been good and what has helped them to make this transition um, and escape the cage of, of dieting and social expectations for women's bodies. So I'm really excited about that. I hope that you're excited about it. Um, but I will see you here next week.